Hello, listeners. Welcome to episode 52 of Keep Looming. This conversation is for you if you are looking for fiction for your soul. I am talking with Amy Schisler, novelist, children's book author, spiritual writer, and speaker, reader, and avid traveler. Whether she's writing inspirational novels, books for children, or Bible studies, she loves connecting with readers. And in our conversation, we talked about what happens when God asks you for more. And of course, Amy shares some of her novels and as well a new women's devotional. So if you're looking for something new, uh, for the upcoming Advent season, you may want to check this out. Amy and her website and all that good stuff is in the show notes. So please head on over uh, to get that link. And in our conversation, we just went right into it. So I didn't uh, kick things off with the Lexio Divina scripture passage. So I'm going to do that now and you will hear it later in our conversation. This is Micah 6 verse 8. You have been told, O mortal, what is good and what the Lord requires of you, only to do justice and to love goodness and to walk humbly with your God. I have been working on the humble part. All right, let's get growing and keep blooming. Tired of overthinking your next step? Do you want simple steps to level up your mind, body, and spirit? Or maybe you need some inspiration to reach your goal. Then you've tuned into the right podcast. This is Keep Blooming, and I'm your host, Liz Montigny. Each week, I'll encourage you to drop the hustle mentality for hope and act on the dreams God has put on your heart. Like you, I'm doing all the things as a Catholic, a wife, a mom to three boys, and a licensed Ziegler coach. So let's get growing and keep blooming. Welcome to another episode of Keep Blooming. Today, my guest is Amy Schisler. Amy, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Liz. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, so glad to hear more about what you are doing. Amy is a novelist, children's book author, spiritual writer and speaker, reader and avid traveler. Whether she's writing inspirational novels, books for children, or Bible studies, she loves connecting with readers. Amy lives on the Eastern Shore on Maryland, but can often be found climbing 14ers in the Rocky Mountains. And I had to ask, what is a 14er, Amy? A 14er um, is the designation for the highest peaks in the Rockies. Most of them are in Colorado. Uh, so while I do live on the eastern shore of Maryland, we have a cabin in Colorado. Uh, we go a few times a year and we love to climb to the top of the 14ers. It is a view that you will not see anywhere else. I love when you get immersed in just God's creation and you're just, you're sitting there like, wow, like who did this? Like there oh, has that's to exactly be God, right. right? Oh, yeah. absolutely. You, you cannot sit there and not think about the majesty that could only come from God. It's incredible. Yeah. I want you to tell us a little bit about what you write about. A few years ago, I had to like make a choice to read for enjoyment. Uh, you know, as a life coach and, and just doing what I do, I often read a lot for not only my personal growth, but, you know, to help my clients as well. You know, I, I pull from different things. So I, I needed to be like, you know what, I need to just read for enjoyment. And I had to make that choice. So talk to me a little bit about 
what your style is and who you're speaking to and all that. Okay, well, I, um, I do write what I consider inspirational fiction. The nice thing about that is I'm not tied to a genre. So my books all have a little romance, a little mystery and intrigue, some suspense, some historical. And I really write about whatever the characters, uh, wherever they take me. But for the most part, my main characters are searching. They're searching for something. They don't know what they're searching for. They don't know what that thing is that they're missing in life. Some of them have religion, but they're missing community. Some of them are completely lost and don't know that what they're really searching for is God. Some of them are searching for love, but don't realize that they need to love God and themselves first. So all of my characters are on some kind of a journey to find something. And typically, once they discover their role or God's role, God's purpose in their lives, then things will really fall into place. Ah, wow. I couldn't agree more. When I work with my clients, you know, one of the, I've talked on this podcast before about something called the wheel of life and there's seven spokes and one of those is spiritual. And when we get to that um, session of talking about your spiritual habits and your relationship with God, I would say in most cases, once you know, maybe a few tweaks are made or more time is spent in meditation or just in scripture, everything opens up. So I love how you said, you know, things fall into place because I do really think that it's such a powerful part of our lives that I think when people are searching or maybe even they're stuck, they forget. And it's not, it's not like, um, it's just part of our culture now. Like that's not the first thing that people go to. That's right. That's right. And my books show for sure that bad things happen. Bad things happen to people. There's evil in our world. Um, But the best way that we can overcome that is our, our reliance on God. And so I think that's, we've really lost that. And, and so I really try to, I don't, I don't even try. It happens. My characters, discover that um, really through the other people around them, through the things that happen in their lives. And they're, they're able to find God, who of course is, is waiting for them and searching for them at the same time. Amy, talk to me about the people that are reading your books. I mean, are they, are they picking up on that as well? Or is it like this undercurrent or talk to me a little bit about that? Um, I do think it's an undercurrent. I think that um, they definitely get that the reader is on a journey. Mm -hmm. And I think those people who are in tune spiritually recognize what that journey is and, and how their development of their spirituality gets them to the end, but it is done very subtly. And, um, you know, I, I want my books to be liked and be read by everybody, but I hope that maybe those people who don't have that spiritual life or are searching or aren't sure what God's role in their life is, that, that something will click by the time they're done, even if they don't realize it, mm-hmm. that they will see that there's something out there that maybe they never thought of before. 
I love that. It's like a, it's like a gentle evangelization, right? Um, I hope so. That's my goal. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. It wasn't yeah, no. my goal when I first started, but eventually I, I realized that was the direction that the spirit was leading me in. Yeah. And that's so important that you say that, that the spirit was leading me in because I like how, you know, you didn't really intend for that to go there, but then you realized, oh, that that's, it's almost like a tool you can use. Right. And, and I love that, that point of letting the spirit lead you. I think a lot of our um, anxiety, confusion, um, just all those negative feelings are mostly because we're fighting against what we are being called to. Right. We don't want to let go of yeah. control. Right. And so it's, it's important to just say, I, I'm, I'm giving this up, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, um, I, I run a week long Girl Scout camp every summer. So I just got back this weekend and uh, my assistant director was kind of panicking a little leading up to it about some things that were going on. And I said to her, you just got to let Jesus take the wheel mm. and everything's going to be fine. And yeah. it was. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's so hard, especially in our culture, because we're kind of programmed to be like, you know, do it myself or um, there's got to be a way to figure this out or, you know, cause there's so many things out there that can help you, but right. um, at some point we have to let the Holy spirit into the conversation, the moment, the event, because you, you really, that's where the good stuff happens. So absolutely. Yeah. So I think that's awesome. So tell me about how, um, this helps us, especially for the listeners, this helps us find what we're being called to do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I firmly believe, and, and we're told throughout scripture that we all have a purpose. Uh, we are all on this earth for a purpose and to fill a role in God's story of salvation. So um, I really, my, my writing, my novels show that people discovering um, or at least getting on the right road to discovering their purpose because you can't solve everything in a book, but you can put somebody on the right path. Mm -hmm. um, but then I, I also write um, devotionals and meditations and I have my first Bible study uh, that just came out in September that uh, I hope will also help lead people to finding their purpose. Uh, I do retreats. It is the number one most requested retreat mm. is discovering what God's purpose is in your life. Mm. Uh, so I'm actually in the process of developing to go along with those retreats, a journal that people can take with them after the retreat to help them. Because I, I, I've had some people come back and say, I get everything you said and I see it and it's so great but I still don't know how to get there. <laughs> you know, I still can't figure out what my purpose is personally. So, um, so hopefully in, in, with developing this journal, it'll help people take that next step to really discovering what their purpose is. Yeah. Instead of it just being a general, we all have a purpose. Yeah. Yeah. And so you said a few things there. When, when is it, I like this idea of our role with mm -hmm. God, right? Uh, we were created to create. So, um, you know, I think a lot of the times when people are like, hey, 
they're searching for purpose or clarity and it seems overwhelming, but I like this take of what's my role because mm-hmm. a role is you're working with somebody, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We yeah. can't do it on our own. Yeah. Even if it's God's plan for us, we can't do it without working with him. Exactly. Exactly. So tell me a little bit about the difference between God's purpose for you and what my purpose is. Do you know what I mean? Like the, I feel like there's a little difference in there, right? It's tough. It's tough because, um, well, I, I, I'll just use myself as an example because it's hard to talk about somebody else's, um, situation with God. But, um, I've known since I was a little girl that I wanted to be a writer someday. And I was a librarian for 15 years and finally said to my husband one night, I'm so tired of shelving other people's books. <laughs> I love that. These were my books on the shelves. Yeah. So we, um, we were at a place where he said, then do it. Just so I quit my job to become a writer and started writing. And I was writing romantic suspense and enjoying it, but not really getting to a level of success. I had a publisher and it just was a, just a, a terrible experience with the publisher. And um, I wrote a few books, but I felt like something was missing. Mm-hmm. And um, I wasn't sure if it was something in my writing. And then I always say, really what happened was I got this incredible, miraculous opportunity to visit the Holy Land. And when I came back from the Holy Land, not only was I changed as a person, not only did I have a new perspective on life, but I had a new group of friends who have become my 10 best girlfriends I've ever had. And they're spread all across the country. Um, But it just really, I developed this outlook and I I started praying more. I started wanting more from my relationship with God. And over and over when I was writing my books, I kept feeling this prompting from the spirit that I wasn't bringing God into my writing enough. In my early books, I still wrote from a Catholic perspective and my main characters were Catholic, Mm. but I don't know that God was really present in the books and in their lives, the way that he had become present in mine. And so I really started praying more about wisdom and guidance and, um, and, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm big on Solomon's, um, you know, mm-hmm. asking for wisdom for dis- good discernment and mm-hmm. to know what's right and wrong and what to do to lead his people. Yeah. And I thought if, if I'm going to write and people are going to read and I'm going to have the opportunity to lead them to God then God needs to help me do that. He yeah. needs to give me that wisdom and that discernment. I can only do it with him. Mm-hmm. And then in 2022, I felt this great urging from God. I, I really felt like he was speaking to me to not stop writing fiction, but to start writing Bible studies after 12 years of leading Bible studies for my parish. And um, two, then at that point, two trips to the Holy Land, beginning to lead pilgrimages. I thought he's really asking for more from me. There's a reason why 
these things have happened in my life, why I've had these wonderful opportunities, why I've been teaching these women and, and myself acquiring all of this knowledge over the years. He wants me to do something more. Mm -hmm. And I find that for most of us, myself included, when we have that revelation that God is asking for more, that the scariest thing in our lives is to take that next step. Oh, and yeah. Say, okay, God, what more is it you want from me? Yeah, yeah. No, that's a really good point. And I'm glad that you said that. It's it's scary. It's uncomfortable. It um, is. And that's the women that I'm talking to. You know, when I get on the phone with a prospective client or somebody who's searching, um, that's what it is. They know they need to take another step, but it's scary and they want accompaniment or right. they need guidance and, and so forth, or just that, you know, dose of hope. So I appreciate you saying that it can be scary because I don't think people like to admit that, you know, and it, it, it's not a fault and it's totally um, real. Right. Even right. Though, it's, yeah. It's no different than Peter stepping out of the boat. Right. You know, and, and we're going to have times where we falter and we fall and we just have to have the confidence that Jesus is there reaching for us to pick us back up and help us keep going. Exactly. It's a true, it's a leap of faith. Yeah. Yes. No. So that's why I think we really need um, to have that relationship with God, to have that, that firm relationship with him so that we can make those um, moves. So talk to me about your devotional. Cause I know, um, by the time we air this, it, it'll be out. You know, I, a lot of things come to mind when I hear women's Bible devotional, lots mm -hmm. of different things. So, uh, talk to me about how it's set up and, and what you hope that the person will get out of it. Okay. Um, it, it's set up, what I've really tried to do is set it up like the Bible studies that are out there right now that are really popular from Ascension Press and St. Paul Center, Word on Fire. So it has a book that if somebody wants to get really deep into the study, they can read the book. Um, but the study itself is a series of videos about women of the Bible, Old Testament and New Testament, and then a workbook that goes along with it. And it can be done individually. It can be done in groups. But the main thing is not only getting to know about some of the women of the Bible. And I say some because there are many women in the Bible, um, including many that don't have names, many that appear once or twice. Yeah. Uh, but this is a way to get to know some of these women in the Bible, but also apply the lessons they learned, the things they did, the lives they lived to our lives today. And what we can learn from them and how we can emulate them yeah. because there's a reason why those women are in the Bible. There's a reason why the men who wrote scripture included these stories about these women. Mm -hmm. And so there really is something there for us to be able to help us to see this was their role and their purpose in God's story. So how can that lead us to ours? Yeah. Oh, that's great. And, and so we're really looking back at the women who have laid the path before us. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And absolutely. And really 
Yeah. yeah starting with Eve mm -hmm. um, and then moving through um, the gospels, uh, not into uh, the acts of the apostles and, and the post-resurrection um, because the, the couple women who are mentioned there, they're going to come later. Mm. <laughs> so um, I have something else planned. Uh, oh, nice. Okay. Yes. But, um, but it's, yeah, it's to, to really get women to know that these women's lives in many ways were not that different from our lives, how they worked with God, how they sinned against God, how in times they turned away from God, mm -hmm. how they repented and came back. And even, um, uh, things like there, I'm, I'm really big on discovering your talents and using your talents because God gave them to you for a reason. He gave them to be able to fulfill these roles that we've talked about. So you have women in the Bible like um, Miriam with the gift of song and dance mm -hmm. and, and other women that they had things to offer. Uh, Deborah, the judge and her wisdom and, and her guidance and doing much like you're doing mm -hmm. with, with, you know, almost, she could almost be considered a life coach. Yeah. So um, these women, have, they're not that different than we are, no matter how they lived and what the times were like, there are things that they can teach us. Absolutely. And I think, um, I think because we see these statues or, you know, just read in scripture that we forget that these people existed and they went through everything that we're going through and probably more because, you know, they didn't have the luxury of some modern conveniences. That that's right. <laughs> so, that's right. Yeah. So that's wonderful. So it's kind of multimedia. You got the videos, you got the workbook, you can do it alone. You could do it in a group. That's yes. great. Awesome. Yep. Awesome you say that you're an author and um you know you talk to people about what you do what do you what do you think is one of the things that people assume or have a myth about what you do one thing i hear a lot and i hear it from other authors is that that authors are solitary people that we live mm -hmm. these solitary lives and you see that often depicted even in in media and in movies about the the reclusive author and i i know that in some cases that's probably true mm -hmm. but i really feel like to be a good author you can't be reclusive you mm. can't be solitary you have to be part of the world around you and meet people i would never be inspired if i didn't have people in my life in my life that i could look to and say that is somebody worth emulating. That is somebody yeah. worth um, writing about. Yeah. And, and so I, I think that, and you need experiences. So much of what I, I write about in my book are, are things that I've experienced, whether it's uh, things that I've done when I'm traveling, things that have happened within my family. You have to have those experiences. So I, I, I think there probably are, and we know, we've heard about famous authors who were very solitary and never left their house and all they right. did, right? But I think that in order to really have authenticity in your books, you have to experience the world 
Mm-hmm. Um, I, I give a workshop on how to make fiction authentic, writing authentic fiction. And that's one of the things that I, I tell the, the writers in the workshop is you have to actually go out there and experience things that you bring into your books. And if you're writing about a place, you if at all possible, you need to go there and experience the culture to be able to really put that into your writing. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a really great point is um, it's a little hard to write about something that you know, you've had no contact with or whatever. I mean, your imagination is one thing and it is a good, you know, tremendous gift, but, um, and, and I, I like that too, because, um, I haven't talked about it much on the podcast, but for people who know me, they know I have a a theater ministry, um, where I play the role of the blessed mother and it's, it's short plays based on the rosary. And I started it before I was a mom. And then after I became a mom, wow, did that a totally different, totally change, you yes. know, my perspective and just what I brought to the role. So I just thought of that when you're speaking about that, but of course you were also talking about just getting out there you right. know, and in experiencing life and in seeing like you, like you said before, what, you know, what are other people doing? What are their talents? What are their gifts? So, so that's wonderful. So we're going to look at our scripture passage because I kind of fast forward through that whole thing (laughs) because we got into our conversation, but I want to, um, we can at least take a look at it now before we hear about how to, uh, stay in touch with you and, and read your book. So, um, I have been asking our, uh, guests to, uh, pick their favorite, um, passage and, and talk a little bit about that. So I'm going to do that now. So Amy, you picked Micah chapter six, verse eight. I've been told, oh mortal, what is good and what the Lord requires of you only to do justice and to love goodness and to walk humbly with your God. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, Amy, what I am certainly hearing in our conversation is that walking humbly with God part, especially in your journey of not only going from, I don't want to stack other people's books. I want to stack my own, (laughs) which I (laughs) I think is fantastic, but also to the point of, gosh, you know, something's missing in my writing and it's a big part of my life. I need to let God into this and, and walk with him through it. And I totally heard that in your journey. And with everything now, I really try to seek God's guidance. And and every morning, every morning when I say my prayers, I I say, send your spirit down upon me, Lord, to be my thoughts, words, and actions, Mm. and to help me today to walk the path that you have set out for me. And I think we can only truly walk that path if we're walking with God or with the spirit as part of everything that we're doing. And I think that Micah in, in, in this, he, he understood that, that, that God needs to be a part of our journey, that we need to do what is good and do what is right and walk with God. And I talk in my Bible study, particularly talking about um, um, Deborah, but, but also many of the other women about this relationship 
they had with God, this intimate relationship in which they were actually able to converse with God. And you can't do that if you're not walking with him. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that's a really good point that you make. Um, first of all, listeners go back and rewind and, and listen to her Holy spirit prayer. <laughs> but, um, also, um, that's just a good point that you make is, is, um, you know, sometimes I feel like, you know, or I hear with, with friends, clients is just like, you know, God's not speaking to me. And it's like, well, he is, but you're not taking time to listen or you don't have that relationship. So how can you expect to hear what's going on? So, right. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's really hard too, when we pray, we, we tend to do all the talking mm. and that's something that I have really tried to work on is those, those moments of silence. Yeah. And, and, um, you know, not, not everybody is, is going to hear a, a voice from the clouds. Mm. Not everybody is, is going to encounter the, the burning bush that's talking to them. Right. Right. But, but God speaks to us in so many ways. Mm-hmm. And if we can find those moments of silence and just be at peace, I, I am a firm believer and I've experienced it. We really do hear God, if not audibly in our heart saying, this is what God's trying to tell me in this moment. Yeah, no, I agree. And, you know, I think one of the most powerful weapons the enemy has is noise. We oh, have, yes. we have not only the audible stuff, but, um, just the visual, like with all the apps and all the things that can just distract you from taking that time with God and being silent. I think silence is so underrated and it can be another one of those things that's intimidating to people. But if, if that's something that you don't do much of, just start, start small, right? Right. Five minutes here, 10 minutes there and, and see where that takes you. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. And I, I tell you doing the, um, the hallow on the hallow app, doing those meditations, especially during Lent and then um, during the Easter season that Jonathan Rumi did, mm. there, there was a lot of silence. Yeah. And that I felt was really good for me. That was really good practice to be able to remember that silence is part or, or should be part of prayer. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. It can't all be petition. Right. Um, because that's very one-sided. So, so that's wonderful. Good. Um, all right. So you have this devotional and you have these other books. So how do we, you know, find all that? Tell us. Okay. Well, I have a website, uh, amyschislerauthor.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can find my books anywhere. Uh, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, um, Walmart, Target, you know, anywhere you buy books online, it they're there. Um, print books, ebooks, audio books. Um, and also I, I distribute through Ingram. So you can go to your local bookstore and ask your bookstore to order my books for you and they can get them that way. You can also Great. order them from my website if you want to order signed copies. Mm-hmm. Great. And um, so someone who's listening and is new to you, is there a book that you would recommend like, mm, maybe start here? 
Yeah. Um, I, I always have a couple answers for that. My yeah. most popular books are, are two different kind of sets. My Chincoteague Island books. Um, anybody who's on the, the East Coast or in the Mid-Atlantic area, they've certainly heard of Chincoteague Island, Virginia, home of the wild ponies. Yes, and, yes. Um, those books, um, I actually got this really, really wonderful news this summer when I was doing a, a book launch down in Chincoteague. Uh, she'd been telling me for a couple of years that my books were the, the number two, number three, number four bestsellers after the classic Misty of Chincoteague. Right. And this year she tells me that all of my books have surpassed Misty. Congratulations. So that's just incredible. Yeah. I said, part of me wanted to cry because it was one of my favorite books growing up. Yes. Yeah. Part of me just was, was just stunned. Yeah. Um, so I, I would say Island of Miracles is the first one in, in that series but another one that people really love and I also do really well with and, and lots of book clubs like me to come and, and talk about is Whispering Vines. Okay. And that um, is uh, part historical, part contemporary. There's a parallel story that goes on. So you're going back and forth between present day and World War II. Oh, my and, favorite uh, era. Oh, good. <laughs> and then we have, uh, and then there's a sequel to that. Um, that is also going back and forth, but not quite as far back as World War II. So, all but, right, yeah. Well, great recommendations, thank you. And all of this will be in the show notes, friends. So just just go in there and uh, check out what Amy has for you. So once again, Amy, thank you. This was a great conversation. I can't wait to uh, dive into your books and check out that devotional. And friends, I hope you do that too. Uh, please check the show notes for all those links. Thanks again, Amy. Thanks so much, Liz. Have a great day. Yes, let's get growing and keep blooming. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Keep Blooming. Tune in every Wednesday for a dose of hope and encouragement. To be the first to know about my upcoming retreats and latest offerings, become an email subscriber at LizMontignyCoaching.com. Have a wonderful week and remember to keep blooming.